This is Music in the Church, a podcast that brings you insight into today's diverse worship landscape by connecting the dots between beliefs and practices so that you can have a happier, healthier ministry. Hi, I'm Sarah Bariza, a researcher and church musician currently living in Cincinnati, Ohio. But by the time that you hear this podcast episode, I will be living in St. Louis. And I'm Crawford Wiley, an organist just outside Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And just like last week, Crawford is not moving anywhere. I'm, I'm going to have to post a picture of this on the show notes, musicinthechurch.com slash 23, because I'm currently sitting here. you are moving here. in, what, four days? I am. So by the time this podcast episode is released, it will... I will have been in St. Louis for like two or three days, I think. And um, I'm sitting here in my bedroom with bare walls and it's like this echo chamber. And I have the microphone propped up on a uh, big, you know, I don't know what, five gallon, seven gallon Rubbermaid kind of container. Uh, and <laughs> and it's This is fantastic. Crazy. This episode is brought to you out of the midst of creative chaos. Yes, yes. Out of the midst of creative chaos, I I am here to here to talk about designing a summer and thinking about how wonderful we've already can been be designing this. fantastic summers for ourselves. <laughs> yes, part of my summer is going to consist of like unpacking my organ music and uh, <laughs> painting walls and unpacking my kitchen. <laughs> But the really happy thing about my summer is that I'm finally able to announce that I've accepted the position of Minister of Music of the First Congregational Church of St. Louis. And I am so excited, so excited to be joining First Congregational this summer. I'm pretty excited too. And we get to hear all about the stuff that you do at First Congregational on the podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's so so very excited that this that this came together. So in this in this episode, we're talking about how to do things in the summer, what you can do during the summer, how you can have a hopefully a good time in the summer. This is our last episode of the Music and the Church first season. We'll be back in September for a second season of interviews and conversations between Crawford and I. Plenty of new ideas. So I think one of the one of the first things that distinguishes summer from the rest of the year for us at least, and it might be good to state this at the outset, because if you don't have this, then your summer may be very different from ours, is that for Sarah and I, both of our choirs are off during the summer, which I think is pretty normal in most churches. Pretty normal. Um, pretty normal. Some people do summer choir, quote unquote, y'all come choir, and it's just on Sunday mornings. Right. It's a, kind of a low stress thing. Usually the midweek rehearsals stop. Although um, at Redeemer, where I have been the where I've been the interim organist since Christmas, they have a once a month choir and they do have a midweek rehearsal. So they rehearse on Thursday, they sing on Sunday, but that happens just once a month. Yeah, so it's kind of a break from the, the larger choir season, I think in general. Mm -hmm. And also there are no major seasonal feasts or fasts as the case may be to repair for. Yeah, although Crawford, you at St. Jude, like you, you all have a kind of big event for the Feast of the Assumption. And this is true. We do a very special mass. Uh, we do a polyphonic mass setting for mm -hmm. the Feast of the Assumption at the end of August. But that's kind of odd as it may seem. Like the music that we do is really spectacular for it. But it it's kind of an ad hoc ad hoc thing. Just a few friends of mine who enjoy singing come together and put together the mass. So even though it's kind of a musical spectacular, there's a... Yeah, so it's not like a regular, the St. Jude Choir sings it. That's, it's kind of a, just its own different yeah, thing. Yeah, it's a, it's a very, oh, we're mm -hmm. just going to do this for mm -hmm. fun kind yeah. of feeling. So, so Crawford and I have about four different areas where we're thinking, oh, here's what summer is really great for. And the first one is a reset because you, you work, you work, you work, you work, you have your routine. 
You've gotten all the way through Easter, thank goodness. Yes, you've gotten all the way through Easter and Youth Sunday and the end of the curl season and Pentecost and Trinity Sunday and all those fun things. Whew. And now you can just, and I can hear my voice echoing. It's making me slightly subconscious. So all y'all listening, I'm. It, this is such an echo chamber of a, of a house right now. <laughs> Oh my. Um, I, I thought about going into a closet because a lot of people who record podcasts at their house will record in a closet because the clothing absorbs the sound, right? Uh, you know, we, we, we're church musicians. We understand acoustics. Isn't that one of the sayings of Jesus? And you, when you record your podcast, yes, go into yeah, your right? closet? Yeah, right. <laughs> But even our, <laughs> our even our closets are are barren and echoey. <laughs> Just so long as the echoes are saying the same things that you're saying. Yes. Oh my. Yes. Yes. Um. But where where was I? Um. So thinking about the summer as a reset, and for me that means things like refiling the last couple months of organ anthems. Like um, Crawford and I talked in one episode about how we organize our organ music, how we organize our choir music, and I will oftentimes. I don't refile um, organ music every single Sunday. I'll usually wait oh, until gosh, I have a little no. bit I've of a stack. I've got a pile yeah. just kind of sitting, waiting for the summer to begin that probably mm -hmm. dates back to the beginning of Lent. Yeah. Oh, so. yeah. See, like, and, and I feel like the beginning of Lent is also like a reset time because or right before the beginning of Lent because it's like, okay, we have this little breather between Christmas and Lent and, and you know, Epiphany still has plenty of things. Yeah, but, so you're gearing up. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's like this idea of like, okay, it, summer's oftentimes when we have our own personal vacations. And just reset, get yourself resituated, reorganized, wash the choir robes, whatever whatever it is that needs to be done that is like give yourself a clean slate. Yeah. And in some in some cases that's very literal. For me, I make sure that I pick up all the chairs in the choir loft and yeah, we have the choir loft rewaxed oh, during the yeah. summer and it gets Spick and span. I, I clean the organ console with a dust rag from top to bottom. You know, that this is somewhat off topic. Tell me how you clean the organ console because I'll be coming into a new oh, organ. Oh, that's a really good question. So I use microfiber cloths. I think that's what they're oh, called. Oh, I um, have those. I've got like 50 of those. Yeah, they're fantastic. So you want to make sure that you're never using any polish. I mean, yeah. unless, I suppose the, the exception is if you have a really good wood console and you put the spray on the rag before like like far away from the organ itself, then sure, I guess mm -hmm. you could polish the back of the console. Like the, but yeah, you want to make sure yeah, that you definitely don't get furniture polish anywhere near the organ bench or else, oh, you will slide. You will slide mm -hmm. so far. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I yeah, feel like I every like three or four months, someone on Facebook posts, the cleaning person at my church polished the organ pedals. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I've, I've done that terrible. myself, so I had only myself to blame. Well, no, I haven't polished the pedals, just the bench, but... Yeah, and you slide right over to the other side. Yeah, so, you know, and you take a slightly damp cloth or a paper towel or something to the keys. Uh, the keys of the shots that I play are bone, so I don't know, actually know if bone builds up more finger gunk than plastic or other... Types of keys, but regardless, but it needs to the be clean. The they shots, certainly need to be cleaned. Yeah. Oh, they can get so fabulously nasty by the end of Ugh. end of the Ugh. Easter season. So yeah, yeah it's clean a good it thing up. to kind of kind of wipe all that down and wipe off the stop knobs and like you said, yeah. it's a reset. Yeah. And that's a really pleasant thing to do at the beginning mm -hmm. of summer. Mm -hmm. The next thing that Crawford and I were thinking about is that summer is really great for taking stock of where you are, which can be in the sense of what is working in the music program 
and what do we want to change in the music program? What new do we want to do? But especially in the sense of like, well, what is actually working here? What isn't working? What's the squeaky wheel? And in my case, coming in as the new minister of music at First Congregational, I'm going to literally be taking stock in the sense of like, huh, I need to figure out the choir's repertoire list from the last like five years. And I need to unpack my organ music into the, you know, the, the, the storage that I have at the church. I need to like really get myself acquainted with the pipe organ there. Yeah, which is a really great idea. Mm -hmm. Another thing I think, which I've done before, is to kind of take the old orders of worship from the past year mm -hmm. and just kind of look through them. Like see if any big picture things stand out to you? Yeah, you, you kind of see, did this really work? So you want to go ahead and plan on that for the next year. Mm -hmm. Or if you think something didn't work, maybe maybe you don't even want to keep a certain anthem in the in the files that you regularly use. Yeah, or it may be the case that you thought, oh, well, we did a lot of X, but then you look through and you're like, oh, actually, we only did that twice and it's just sticking in my memory. Right, right. If you plan out your church year way ahead in advance, this may not be as much of a thing for you because you may have already gotten a very big picture idea. Mm -hmm. But if you're working with a volunteer choir, and as a lot of us do, your, your music kind of changes from week to week, really. Mm -hmm. You don't necessarily yeah. know yeah. exactly what you're going to, which we've discussed here mm -hmm. on the podcast. Yeah, then you may you may be surprised at what you discover when you, when you look back over the big picture. You think, oh, wow, I didn't remember that we did the Mozart Ave Verum five times in the past four months, mm -hmm. but apparently we did, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. so. Yeah, and then you start to think, huh, this is telling me something about the repertoire that my volunteer choir needs to be doing once a month because that's the forces that we have once a month. So maybe I want to be learning, maybe I want to buy some repertoire, buy some sheet music that suits a much lower level than we can do on the other three Sundays of the month. Yeah, exa exactly, yes. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, you can do the harder repertoire most of the time, but you need more in your back pocket. Yes, precisely. So another part of this this idea of, like, taking stock is that actually you're planning for the coming year. And Crawford, you were saying, like, you actually do a significant bit of your planning during the summer. Yeah, especially for organ preludes and postludes. I frequently, since I don't have choir music in my office, and just in general can kind of dirty up my office more during the summer without worrying about it, I'll go through, I think we did on one episode, We I showed you the, the file cabinet that I have all of my uh -huh. organ music Yeah, I'll in. link to that it's in the It's not really notes. a file cabinet, is it? Yeah, but anyway, I'll just go through those, those library boxes and see if any music strikes me. Because if you have a fairly large library of organ music, honestly, you just forget that you own certain things. Mm -hmm. um, and you see, oh, does this strike me? Would, would this be something that I'd like to learn so that I could use it this next year? Um, because if you if you rely kind of on your intuitive memory, I mean, that might serve you really well from week to week, but you'll just forget that certain things even exist in your library, or even you'll forget about things that you've learned before. This is, re this is reminding me of one of my goals for the summer, which is that I want to make a list of every single piece that I know that I also want to play again, because of course we learn something and we think, I'm never going to do that again, but... Every single Bach Chorale Prelude, because no, I do not keep those all in my head, all the ones that I know. And I, wa I want to have that like as a Word document so that, yes, I can be paging through the books, but you know, you have a lot of music. And it would be, to me, I think it would be really nice to have that mega list, that complete document of here's all the things that I know. What I do have is a list of all the music that I own, but that's not the same thing. And especially in the case of Chorale Preludes, I just, I don't keep that in my head. I can't remember exactly which BWB yeah, number yeah, yeah. it is that I learned or didn't learn. 
And if I just, you know, had that, if I actually knew that, like, like, wouldn't that be nice and make, make things easier for myself? Yeah, exactly. I think part of the fun in going through the physical music during the summer is that the titles don't necessarily convey anything to you, or at least they don't to me. I mean, how many settings of All I'm Got did Bach write? you know, a bajillion of them, and sometimes you just forget that a particular one is actually a real joy to play, and you'd like to work it up again and play that in your service music. So, I don't know, I think that keeping in physical contact with your scores over the summer can be mm -hmm. a real delight. Summer is also a good time to just pull out music that, perhaps big pieces, you know, a symphony or something that you've learned, or the Franck chorales or whatever. I mean, whatever it is, music that you maybe don't regularly play mm -hmm. yeah. for service music, yeah. but that you'd like to keep in your fingers. You know, you don't even have to have an occasion for it. You just think, oh, I've got, I've got an afternoon, you know, here in the church, and it's very quiet during the summer, and maybe I could just spend an afternoon slowly playing through something and making sure that it stays in my fingers to some extent. This is making me think of another area that we were thinking of for the summer, which is that summer is a great time to do really fun things and new things. And when we're thinking about fun things and new things, I really like that idea of designing your summer. And it's something I heard of through Gretchen Rubin, who hosts the Happier with Gretchen Rubin podcast, which I just love. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. But her idea of designing your summer is that like summer can be a really special time. And for us as church musicians, it is a quieter time. Like even if you do have a y'all come choir on Sundays or whatever you want to call it, like it is a different time of the year. It's hot. Attendance is often much lower in the summer at church services. It's just, it's just different. And that can be a really fun thing to take advantage of. It also can be kind of weird in that like I, I was thinking about, oh, my practice schedule actually changes in the summer because the sanctuary is so dang hot at, you know, 2 p.m. I don't want to be in there. Even if the sanctuary is somewhat air conditioned, it's never where I want to be in an afternoon. So my practice times end up in the morning. Yeah, that can definitely change depending on where you mm -hmm, are. Mm -hmm. For me, it actually is exactly the opposite, which is to say that because the sanctuary at St. Jude's is so magnificently air-conditioned during the summer. Oh, you want to be there and in the afternoon the school then. is out during the summer. Mm. I can absolutely be there all morning and afternoon, oh, which I, I normally can't be because the school mm -hmm, is in session. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so our schedules change. And I think that's the case for most musicians. That Something is definitely different happening in the summer. Um, in the summer, if you're thinking about like fun things of designing your summer and making it just a really lovely time, a special time of year in the way that we think of like Christmas is a special time or Lent is a special time, well, summer can also be a special time. And I think because attendance is usually lower in the summer, because people are wearing shorts and sandals the church or whatever it is, whatever whatever it is that's different in, in your congregation in the summer, people can also be accepting of something different. Uh, sometimes it's difficult to make musical changes in a church or just to try something new, but it's really comparatively low stakes in the summer to say, oh, hey, let's try this. And um, last summer, I had so much fun doing two different things, one of which was I did hymn favorites. I was in working in a pretty small church and I asked people in the church to tell me what their favorite hymns were and we sang them throughout the summer. And that was just really fun and we designated those in the bulletin so people knew, oh, this was a favorite. Just really mm -hmm. fun. And then I also did a Bach in the summer series. We had a guest vocalist who was there five times over the course of the summer and he wanted to sing Bach arias from Bach cantatas and the Bach B minor mass. And I just thought, wow, why not turn that into a Bach series? And so I played Bach Prelude and Postlude. Yeah, that's such a great idea. Yeah, it worked out really, really well using re resources that was already happening. 
Yeah, it's perfect this summer because you're not having to fit it around as many other things that are going to be already solidly planted yeah, on the exactly. church calendar. And um, so to that end, I actually wrote a blog post on Ashley Daniels' blog. I'll link to it in the show notes. And it's just a long list of all these fun things that you can do during the summer, creative things that you can just think about like, hmm, how can I make summer a really interesting time of the year given that it is ordinary time it's not it doesn't have the magical glow of christmas but it is a fun time and it can be a really special time of the church year if you want it to be yeah and kind of going off of what you said earlier about doing things that are a little bit different um just because of the the feeling of the church services themselves changes i think another thing to be aware of is that you can kind of get away with kind of outre organ repertoire for the preludes and postludes, or, I mean, not necessarily outre, but stuff that otherwise is really difficult to plan into the liturgical year. Like, what are you, what are you thinking of? I'm thinking particularly of French Baroque composers who wrote a bajillion settings of antiphons on the Magnificat, or, or what have you, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And normally during the church year, these are just difficult to program because they don't tend to seem to fit into any particular season, but at the same time they they have, you know, a distinct title and they aren't generic sounding. Mm -hmm. And so you, you might otherwise not get a chance to play some of this repertoire, but during the summer, I just don't think anybody cares. Mm -hmm. um, and you can have fun with that. But the real question is here is, does anyone care during the year besides us? Oh, that's another really <laughs> that's good question. That's the deep question here. I mean, the only ones who really care. But you know what? We care, and that matters. It's true. It's true. <laughs> oh, man. So this summer, while the podcast is on the break, I will still be posting at musicinthechurch.com. And actually, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, there's still two more posts to come on Thursday and Friday this week of blog posts about searches for church music jobs. So that whole series is up. But also I'll be posting about once a week and I'll be releasing our monthly Music in the Church newsletter, which you can subscribe to on, on my website. And... I'll be recording a bunch of interviews for this coming season. I've already done a few. I have a few more scheduled in June. And it's going to be a lot of fun. We have a lot of good things planned for this coming year. And also all that all that fun stuff of like, yep, unpack the stuff and uh, get reset for this <laughs> for the coming year. So as always, you can get in touch with us at musicandthechurch at gmail.com or call us at 513-580-4282. We would love to hear from you even over the summer as we are having a well-deserved break from the, the usual routine of the church year. We'll be back in September. <laughs>